Blog Talk Radio. For this incredible honor. Thank you for putting me in the category for these four extraordinary men. Thank you, Ben and Matt. I still want to see some ID. Thank you, Chris Van Zan, for being so subtly wrong. Subtly wrong, almost sublime. I want to thank the casting crew, especially the people of South Boston. Boston. You're a can of corn. You're the best. I uh, I want to thank the Mishpuka Weinstein. Muzzle top. Welcome aboard, everybody. You have tuned in to Pop Life. Uh, start off the show. There you have it. A famous clip from Robin Williams winning Best Supporting Actor for Goodwill Hunting. As uh, you know, tonight we're gonna we're gonna do our best tonight to to pay respect and and uh, speak on his memory and his legacy. It's a sad time 
for Hollywood as Robin Williams, uh, his untimely death this week at the age of 63. Uh, so we're going to discuss him, uh, and we're going to get to him in uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, it's been a it's been a rough week in, in the world of, of Hollywood. The entertainment industry has uh, has taken a hit, and and like I said, we're going to speak on. Uh, the life and legacy of Robin Williams in a bit, but uh, we had another tragic passing uh, this week, and and it's it's sad, you know, in, the, in this sort of passing. And I'm speaking on Lauren Bacall, um, you know, as, as you know, it's it's like classic Hollywood slowly is, is fading away, and there's very few of those actors and movie stars that are tied to classic Hollywood. And as people like Lauren Bacall, Eli Wallach have passed on, uh, it, it's like that connection to that, that time period, that history is, is slowly fading away as Lauren Bacall passes at the age of 89. Um, you have turned into pop life as we, as we remember the passing stars of this week. And as always, I'm here with my co-host, Todd Evans, who is... Uh, you know, you are much more well-versed uh, with classic Hollywood and the classic movies uh, than I am. Uh, you know, again, I, I mean, I, I want to hear your opinion on, you know, just losing another uh, star tied to the classic Hollywood era. Uh, thanks, Ken. You know, it is. It's terrible. First of all, it's awful when you have two people of such stature passing away so close to one another. It's tough on people who are very uh, into pop culture and entertainment. It's also a bit unfair to those people who, who don't get the, the full time and attention that they might, you know, when you get two people so close together, because Lauren Bacall passing, of course, is a tragedy. Uh, Robin Williams is going to get a, a lot more of the attention, just as he will on our show, because we relate to him more in this day and age. And you said something very interesting. You know, I... I Read as I read a lot of stuff about both of these actors, uh, Lauren Bacall was actually the last surviving person that Madonna mentioned in her list of celebrities in the song Vogue. Wow. She was the last one. Uh, so like you said, it is old Hollywood fading away. Uh, you know, this is someone who uh, got an honorary Oscar for being such an important part of the golden age of cinema. And that's what she was. Um, you know, a lot of people know her from more of her roles. Um, and there haven't been as many. But I first encountered her in uh, Misery, where she had a very small part, didn't know of her at that point. And then I loved her in My Fellow Americans. If you recall that movie with the uh, president and vice president at each other's uh, throats and Lauren Bacall was the wife of Jack Lemon and she had some great lines in that. Then when I really started delving into classic cinema, uh, I watched just in a matter of probably weeks a slew of Bogie Bacall movies. And, you know, I saw what she really was, what she meant to that, that golden age. In the mid to late 40s, they made four movies together and uh, I watched them all. The, the, to have and have not, the Big Sleep, Dark Passage, and Key Largo. They were, uh, you know, first an on-screen couple and then an off-screen couple. Um, and it's just, it's terrible. You know, more recently she was, uh, she did some voiceover work. She was in Howl's Moving Castle, which was uh, 
you know, a, a great anime movie, and uh, it's just, it's terrible. She had, you know, one Oscar nomination for uh, The Mirror Has Two Faces. But I think that what the Academy recognizes just how much of a legend she was and didn't deserve to be recognized just that one time, and that's why she got this, this honorary Oscar, because when you go back to that golden age, Lauren McCall was just a key part of it and making movies. You know, I, I saw these movies from the 40s, and then nothing else she made until the 1990s. It just worked out that way. But she had a tremendous body of work in between, and we were all going to miss her. Uh, it's a very tough tragedy for Hollywood. I mean, it's amazing when you look at her recent stuff, and, and you know, she uh, did voiceover work for The Family Guy. I mean, you, you go back, and her, her first work's 1944. And she was working in 2014, so right. just an unbelievable, uh, an incredible career. And it is really sad. And I, I know I, I, you know, I said it before, and it, it's worth re-mentioning. Is re-mentioning a word? It is now. Okay, I misremembered. Yeah. Uh, but to mention again that that tie to that classic Hollywood. I mean, there's something about it. And, and taking nothing away from today's stars and even the stars of the past 20, 30, 40 years, but there's just something about that era, those movie stars, the black and white, even the still photos in black and white. There's just something about that era that is just so, like, I don't know, like, as a guy, like, I, I just, anytime I see a picture of, a, of an actor from that era, it's like, God, I wish I could be that cool. Right. I wish I could just be that cool, and I just can't and and it's just to have that tie to that great era of, of hollywood and, and slowly but surely we're losing these these greats and, and we lost another one this week yeah you know you mentioned the how you can't look as cool as these guys in the stills she was actually discovered uh being on the cover of a magazine and was cast in her first movie based on this still image on the cover and if guys try to be as cool, I think that women should should aim to be as classy, classic beauty, you know, not doing what, what women feel they have to do today to uh, to get attention because she was just one of the classics, um, you know, and there's a reason why she was cast again and again at such a young age. She had uh, not just the acting chops, but the, the presence and the beauty. And again, uh, you know, one of the, the greats in Hollywood history. Yeah, so rest in peace, Lauren Bacall, again, uh, and another tie to the classic era gone, uh, but definitely, definitely not forgotten. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's really a tough week. You know, we, we do the show, and, you know, we, we, we discuss with them on stuff we want to talk about, and, and generally, you know, we, we try to keep things fun, uh, you know, have a good time with it, and then... Hopefully we could, you know, make that rough transition and have uh, have some fun tonight. Um, but it's just one of those things. We do an entertainment show. We hit pop life, and you know, it just was uh, just tragedy uh, abound. And and uh, you know, it it sucks. It does. It just absolutely sucks having to, you know, do this show and start off with with. Uh, you know, tragic passings, and, uh, you know, we start off with Lauren Bacall. We go with uh, Robin Williams uh, and his Oscar speech. Now, now, talk, talk about someone who knew how to have fun. I mean, you know, Robin Williams, it, what can you say? And We'll do our best. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the one thing I do want to say now, and, and we're, you know, we're going to get into his career and, and, you know, what he meant to, to both of us personally, 
And I think that's why it hits home so much with a guy like Robin Williams, because on, on some levels it's, it's strange, but he's almost like a friend. It's like you, uh, if you're a fan, you're like, you're closer to him than, than other celebrities. And, and I don't really know how exactly to articulate that in words, but it's just, I don't know, there's just a, a, a closer bond. Um, you're killing but, me, Ken. I just, I'm sorry. As soon as you said that, I had his song from Aladdin pop into my head. You ain't never had a friend like me. And I'm, I'm getting choked up again like I did earlier this week. Uh, I hate to interrupt you, but God, it's true, you know. He he meant a lot to a lot of us. I'm sorry, Ken. It's, it's fine. You know, we're we're gonna hopefully the two of us can get through uh, talking about him without uh, losing it. Um, the one thing I need to say before we get into his life and career and and obviously what he meant to us is, you know, I, I do hate out there the, the media outlets and and the people that you know look to make a name for themselves to make a short buck by by just throwing something out there and saying something that is just, uh, hey, I'll just say it to be controversial. I'll just say it to be different than everyone else. And now, now is not the time to, to judge, uh, point the finger um, about how Robin Williams passed away. Uh, this is not the time. There's a time to grieve. It's a time to pay tribute. Um, but this is not the time to judge, uh, you know, what Robin could have or should have done in his final hours. Um, you know, I'm, I'll be the first to admit when I heard the story, um, it was a mixture of uh, despair, sadness, and, and to be honest, a little bit of anger. Uh, a little bit, why, Robin, why did you do this? Um, this is not the time. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to understand depression. I'm not going to pretend to understand. We've all been depressed at times. I've been depressed. I probably probably spent the bulk of my college years depressed. But I'm not going to sit here and, and speculate and try to understand uh, what the disease of depression is like. Um, so it, it's not the time. It's not the time. The, the time now is to... Uh, Celebrate what Robin was able to do in his life and, and mourn his passing. So for those of you out there in the media that, that want to make a cheap buck, that want to make a quick name for yourself, well, you're, you're, you're classless. And for those people who listen, don't, don't even don't comment, don't post it, don't react. Just give those outlets zero attention. Because as long as they get attention, that's what those type of media peeps do so just don't give them the attention uh, you're right it's not the time and i don't know i don't know if some of these people certainly are out there to make a name for themselves other people just don't understand you know and i i had differing opinions throughout my life about you know about depression and how people deal with it and as i've grown i've come to realize that life is hard and not everyone is equipped to deal with the myriad different ways that life is hard for them and uh so you're absolutely right. You know, regardless of what your thoughts are, whether they're genuine or whether they're, uh, you know, out for self-promotion, you're right. It's not the time. We're here to to celebrate the life of Robin Williams and what he meant to us, and especially for people like us, Ken, people in their early 40s who grew up with Robin Williams uh, in our lives, 
it's uh, it's time to to celebrate. And he meant so much to me. You know, I'll, I'll just throw it out there. I'll start with man, Mork and Mindy was just such a great show for a kid. Uh, when we were that age, God, he was hilarious. And you know, he he improvised so much of what he did early in his career. Such a genius. Uh, and from the, his Happy Days episodes to the full series, it it just never failed to entertain. I actually introduced my uh, two sons, they're 8 and 12 now, uh, to, to Mork and Mindy last year, and they couldn't get enough of it. You know, just when you're at that age, God, what a great entertainer. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible, and it was, you know, on a lot of levels, <clears throat> excuse me, it was almost like his his career, I mean, he's older than us, but for our generation, his career kind of grew up with us, and we were kids, and we just wanted to watch something just to, to giggle at. You know, Mork and Mindy was there. You know, he did Popeye early in his career, and, and you know, Popeye's one of those movies that, look, I get it, not the best reviews, but I remember as a kid thinking, well, how how cartoon, how are they going to make Popeye, and that's how. And, and he did it, you know. He, yeah. he he made it work, and he just, you know, there was always something about him that just just drew you in. And, and there were so many, you know, different characters he was able to play, and, and, and not to mention just watching his stand-up. I mean... So talk yeah. about different characters, different voices, you know. If, if Mork and Mindy and Popeye were the stuff that we watch, and I, I love both, but when you discovered his stand-up at whatever age that was, you you saw a whole different side to him, right? Yeah, I mean, his live at the Met is is just phenomenal. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, you know, early in his career, I mean, there's also like a, a routine, a, a, I think it's called a, a Night with Robin Williams, where he opens up the routine and he just walks through the crowd and he's, he's improving off of people in the crowd. And, you know, it's, it's just phenomenal to see... Uh, just the limitless talent that he had. And, and you know, he did like his, his comedies. And, and you know, it, it's funny. Like I said, he his career kind of grew up with us. And as we got a little bit older and maybe, uh, maybe we needed a little bit more serious stuff, uh, you know, we needed something else. Uh, you know, he comes out and hits us with uh, Good Morning Vietnam, yeah. uh, Dead Poets Society. Uh, to me, one of his most underrated films uh, the Fisher King. Oh, not over here. Phenomenal movie. Highly rated over here. Not, not in any. That's an amazing film. And and it's funny to this day. And I realized it yesterday at work. You know, his character in Dead Poet Society whistles the 1812 Overture throughout the movie. And I do that. I, I do that. And I was. I just stopped myself the other day at work. And I'm like, wait a second. I've been doing that since Dead Poet Society came out. Dead Poet Society was, and I'll admit it right here, because we're family. Um, I'm a man, but I'll admit it. First movie that I ever cried in, and there's been very few. Uh, I, I absolutely lost it, the, the final scene in, in that movie, Oh, Captain, My Captain. Um, just He was one of those guys that was just so amazing to watch him work. And, and for me personally... You know, I studied acting in college. I, I've done some acting. I've, I've performed, and he's he's just an incredible influence on me as far as how he worked. I've done improv, you know, nowhere near what he was able to do, but just 
you know, always like watching him and just aspiring, like, you know, and, and just trying to follow, you know, and just being absolutely amazed with, you know, what he did. And, and it just his influence on me personally, um, aside from performing, you know, with Patch Adams in my real life when I'm not doing like these call and internet radio shows, I, I work with people with disabilities and I, and I created a lot of staff trainings uh, in, in my 15 some odd years uh, in my field. Um, I have paraphrased the, the, uh, the quote, uh, treat, a, treat a disease, sometimes you win, you lose. Treat a patient, you always win. And, and I've used that from Patch Adams uh, repeatedly in trainings, and, and it's been my philosophy uh, when teaching people that, you know, don't get caught up in, in the theory and the disability and all that other stuff. Just just treat everyone like an individual. Uh, you know, so that, that movie, you know, influenced me not only just on its performance, but, you know, in, in my real life as well. You know, it's just... I, I I'm just absolutely floored right now. I, you know he's he's someone that again, uh, like you said, a friend like me, Aladdin. Aladdin is just that movie that was created where finally someone came up with a bright idea to let Robin Williams improv and just animate over that. Ninety percent of his uh, of his dialogue was improvised. I read that this week, and you know I. Uh, you know, I know, I know Ken for a long time. I know that Robin Williams was one of his absolute favorites. I, I as you can tell, I loved him. He meant a lot to me. Ken is going to, uh, you know, have the stories that what you just said about Patch Adams really got to me too. I just got to say, we did this once uh, before for Tom Hanks. I've got to give you a rundown for a second because Ken mentioned Good Morning Vietnam and Dead Poet Society. Let me just go through what he did in a, you know. 10 to 15 year span uh, Awakenings The Fisher King Hook, Aladdin Toys, which say what you will I loved uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, Jumanji The Birdcage, Jack Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet, which he had a small part in But hey, it's Hamlet And finally Goodwill Hunting I mean, that's a tremendous run For someone who started out as Mork You know, I mean, just, just like Tom Hanks did his bosom buddies and bachelor party stuff. This is someone who matured as we did and uh, just such an amazing body of work. Uh, you know, I don't know if I have something that hit me just as, as personally as Patch Adams does for you right now. Although uh, there were a few movies he did later on that I'll, I'll have to get to, but I want you to get back to Aladdin because that was an incredible movie and uh, he carried it. I mean, he carried that movie on his back. It was amazing, and, you know, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, a, a few people, like, I, I got some texts and some emails because uh, there were some people that thought of me uh, as soon as the news came out because uh, they just knew, uh, you know, I was such a, I am such a, a huge fan of, of everything, you know, and it was just, just words can't describe. Like I mean, it, it was as much as being entertained as sometimes when I watched him. I was I felt like I was in class, and I, and I was just like learning from an absolute master uh, in in performance. And uh, you know, my sister 
messaged me and, and she said that uh, my nieces were sad because uh, the genie died. And, and that got me, uh, especially because um, just, you know, less than two weeks ago, I was actually babysitting my nieces and uh, they wanted to watch Peter Pan. And we have the Netflix streaming and they don't have Peter Pan, but they had Hook. And I explained the plot of Hook and my eldest niece, Jenna, was wait a second, Peter Pan grew up? I'm like, yeah, he did, and this is a story about what happened to him. And, and, and you know, my nieces, especially my eldest, they just loved it. And, and I just felt like it was, it was a moment for me to kind of share Robin Williams for, like, the first time with my nieces and kind of have that bonding experience with them. And it, it's just for this to happen so such a short time afterwards – it's it's just so hard to to take, and it's just I keep sitting here thinking, you know, it just it just can't be, it just can't be, and you know, and you realize, you know, all the good movies, and then later on, you know, Insomniac, uh, a one hour photo, it just he was creepy as hell. I mean, just the range this guy had as an actor, and what was amazing about him, and and a guy that that must have been hurting so deeply and profoundly uh you know it's you know that old saying well, well who makes the clown laugh um the amount of happiness he brought the the world and and other people you know some of the stories that have been coming out uh since his passing and and i just want to share a few because it, it's worth noting uh, what he was doing behind the scenes uh one story i heard that he uh was a keynote speaker for a St. Jude's fundraiser, and he had a handler that was supposed to take him to uh, give his speech. And they were kind of running late, but he wanted to stop at the hospital uh, to see some of the kids. And when he got to the hospital, he said, well, we're not leaving until I see every kid. Wow. And, and he went and visited every child. Um, another story, when Christopher Reeves first, you know, he had his accident, and he was in the hospital, and he was feeling pretty down. Um, Robin Williams, dressed up like a doctor, uh, as only Robin Williams could, uh, busted out his Russian accent, uh, put on a surgical mask, and walked in and told Christopher Reeves that it's time for his uh, rectal exam. <laughs> and uh, eventually Christopher Reeves obviously realized he was Robin Williams. And Christopher Reeves said that was the first time he laughed since the accident. Um, Ozzy Osbourne uh, was interviewed and he said he kind of credits uh, Robin with with having a lot to do with Sharon's recovery uh, when she had cancer and she was kind of depressed and she was in bed chemo was kind of beating her up and uh, I honestly at this point I'm forgetting how they got in touch with each other but Robin Williams came over he came over to their house to just to cheer her up and he walked in the room, and she was like half asleep, half awake, and he ran over, jumped in a bed, pulled the covers up, and said, Ozzy's not here. We can get away with this, <laughs> and said she just started cracking up. So he, he was a guy that just, you know, again, who, who makes the clown laugh? Was uh, Conan O'Brien relayed a story that he was going through a tough time, and Robin Williams just bought him a bike and said, you know, bikes cheer people up, so here, here's a bicycle. 
Um, another story I heard, and this, this might be my favorite, but in, during the filming of Goodwill Hunting, the famous scene on the bench, um, after they finished filming it, they decide to sit and have lunch in that park. And as he was sitting with uh, some of the cast and uh, some of the crew were hanging out, they just started talking. Then, of course, Robin being Robin started riffing and improving, and people just started, like, sitting watching him. And he stood up and started going. And a mini driver relayed the story that before you knew it, he was in full-blown stand-up comic mode. People were running down the street. Things, people got wind of it down the street that Robin Williams is doing an impromptu stand-up show in the park. Before it was over, there were over 200 people sitting in the park listening to Robin Williams do this impromptu routine. So it, it just a... Uh, you know, it's just, it's so sad because he was just such a, a genuinely, seems like such a genuinely nice guy that was, was really suffering. And again, and, and I know we, we're, we're in the studio here and we keep looking over at each other and it's like the both of us are, are kind of trying to sit here and, and man up and, and try to prevent our voices from cracking as, as we uh, discuss this, but I, I just, I I, I don't. It's just it's, it's an unspeakable tragedy losing Robin Williams. Yeah, you know, he uh, and, and look again. To show something like that I told, which is a terrific story. Uh, I I loved his work. I didn't watch much of Robin Williams in interviews recently. Uh, it, it was, you know, over the top. Regardless of how I felt about him recently as a person, he never ever stopped performing. I love still watching what he did through the years. You know, I just wanted to, you know, get that out there. I'm not, I'm not trying to put on a face. He, he really, really was an important person to me. And uh, one of the movies that I loved from his early career was The Best of Times. Um, yeah, good movie. Good movie. He uh, he started maturing to some degree. He wasn't still playing that Popeye-type part. I mean, he already had. I didn't understand a couple of movies I had seen before that. I saw Moscow on the Hudson in the movie theater, and I just wasn't ready for it. <laughs> uh, I saw The World According to Garp, and you know some things were over my head, but I started getting it with the best of times, and then he went on that run. But you mentioned a couple of these. Um, you know, The Robin Williams that I loved in everything from something like The Fisher King to Hook and Aladdin, you know, tremendous range. He did a trio of movies uh, 10 years ago or so. One of them was One Hour Photo, which, as you mentioned, he played an incredibly creepy type guy so well. Uh, you know, but he was, he was just outstanding. That's one that I, I recommend you all check out if you haven't. Insomnia, another one. And, and The Final Cut, which was a very interesting movie uh, set in the future. He dealt with cutting people's memories, uh, you know, and, and sadly, some of these things deal with, you know, with death. He would cut people's memories to be played at their funeral. That's one of the movies that I thought about, you know, when I heard about him passing, another one being um, What Dreams May Come. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to think about someone passing and then think about their work that deals with death uh, at the same time, and every time I think about those projects, I, I start to get choked up. You know, he came right back and did stuff like, like I go from that serious mode to that whack problems mode, and uh, 
he he just uh when he was in that phase, it seemed like he had so much running through his head he could barely get it out in time before he was on to the next thing. That's just such such a comedic genius, the improviser, the uh the impersonator that he was. Uh, you know, he really did it all throughout his career and uh you know, unfortunately, it came to this this tragic end this week. I mean, I'll finish, you know, with... I mean, I loved watching him through the... I mean, I love going back and watching the interviews with Carson. Um, you know, just an improvisational genius. And again, I, I can't... I really can't put into words how much him and his work influenced me in, in on so many levels. I just... And and you know the one the one thing you know if you're a Robin Williams fan and you haven't seen it and you maybe you're not convinced at uh, how much of a genius he, he was, I, I highly recommend go out there and find his episode of Inside the Actors Studio, and that show's an hour long, and everyone gets an hour. With Robin Williams, his stuff was so brilliant that the producers basically got together and said, we cannot cut anything here. We can't cut this stuff out. It's just too good. And they made it a special two-parter. And to me, that was like one of those moments where I thought I was a fan. And when I saw it, I, I, I thought he was brilliant. And... When I watched that, that was like the moment where I just was. This guy is 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 more talented than than any one human being should be allowed to to be. And and it's he just goes off on a brilliant improv team. He's just absolutely phenomenal. And to me, that right there is the, the defining moment of of Robin Williams' genius is just seeing him not not only riffing and improving but teaching. Uh, students in there getting to see what you know what you can do with improv and what you can do with comedy and and just you know to be an acting or directing student and be sitting in that crowd while Robin Williams was doing this must have been a, an unbelievable honor so I I would just say if you haven't seen it be sure to check that out I you know as as a fan for me uh, probably more devastated than than I've ever been. Uh, for celebrity death, uh, I'm going to miss seeing new work from him. I'm going to miss seeing new interviews. Um, I, I'm just going to miss him knowing he's around. Um, I'm just saddened, and I'll just you know rest in peace, Robin Williams. I. I I hope he found the peace in death that obviously he couldn't find while he was alive, and I'll leave it at that. Touching from Ken, you know, uh, I I agree wholeheartedly. It, it's it's a loss, but I, trust me, this guy over here, Ken, is he's quoted him throughout his life. You know, I know what it is uh, what it is for Ken to have lost this. I I know. Um, I think we've got a got to get this show going or we'll we'll talk for an hour and a half about what he was to us and and what he's done and so 
So let's put on a, a brave face, Ken. Let's, let's try and, you know, that, that good roll. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Uh, you know, sad open to the show, unfortunately, but things that have to be talked about. And, and Mike has been on hold uh, for a bit, waiting to discuss. And let's bring him on right now. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Hey, guys. How are you guys doing this evening? Um, I knew today, coming into the show, that um, we were going to talk about it. I've been listening to um, you guys talk about, um, you know, his death, and it's sad. First of all, I just want to bring up that Robert Williams um, died by a drive-by foodie. A what? A drive-by foodie. Remember in Mrs. Doubtfire? Oh, when, uh, Pierce Bronson, uh, what do you call it, he got hit with a, uh, a kiwi. Yes, I do remember. <laughs> so I, I try to bring a little humor to the show tonight. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. What were your thoughts? I mean, were you a fan? What were your thoughts on Robin's career? Oh, my God. I was a fan of Robin Williams since since I was little. The first movie that I've ever watched, my my father and I were talking about that. My dad said that I used to play it on my um. I used to play it on the the, the the tapes, the VHS tapes, over and over. I used to watch Popeye, and I used to sing, um, I am what I am, and that's all I am, you know. And because uh, growing up, I loved the Popeye cartoons, I, you know, and and one of my favorite lines was, um, I, I, I liked in, in, in the movie when, when he said, when they talked about um, olive oil, when he talked about olive oil, and he says, what, what, what is olives? It sounds like a lubricant. So it was kind of, kind of, kind of funny. And, and only Robin Williams can play um, these great movies. Now, you guys meant, now another, another thing you guys mentioned before about, um, we were talking about Robin Williams and the dark roles that he did. Death to Smoochie was a good movie. Yep. What do you guys think of that? Uh, it was uh, a very, it was unusual. It was received, maybe not as some of his other roles, uh, but I enjoyed it. You know, as I did almost everything that uh, that he did, and uh, yeah, that's that's one that I that we didn't mention here. Uh, but good call, good call on his uh, performance there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ken, you were talking about your nieces. I I um I I read the stuff you put on Facebook and. My my uh, my nieces and nephew, my godchildren, their um their mom, my sister in law was saying the same thing when I told her, you know, we would we're about the same we're around the same age and she introduced the kids to um, you know, Aladdin and, and Hawk and 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 um nine months was another move nine months was another movie that came to mind for me. Because I, I loved him, you know, I, I loved him. He played the doctor in that, and it just—it was just the funniest thing to see Robin Williams, um, you know, in that role and how he interacted with Hugh Grant. It was just a another uh, timeless classic. Now you know, it's another uh, another movie uh, that he did more recently, which is in a similar vein. Uh, I enjoyed License to Wed, where instead of the doctor, now he was, uh, you know, a Man of the Cloth, but performing a similar role. You know, I, I looking at his filmography, there's there's really nothing that I've 
ever you know seen Robin in that I didn't think he was terrific, you know, and he he elevated anything he did to a new level. Yeah, I mean, as we're talking about movies, I'm looking over his filmography, and like we didn't mention Awakenings. You know, yeah. it's like there's so many movies out there. Like, and, and the thing is, that, you know, I think what you know, as you mentioned, it's like you bring up movies like Nine Months. You know, it's just he had a knack for you just you liked him, and, and I think that's where he was so talented and so amazing that the guy could be in a bad movie. And you found yourself enjoying him. Or in a role like One Hour Photo where you still, you know, no matter what this guy did, could still be on his side. You know, it's just that likable quality about him. Insomnia. Insomnia was another movie where I was, like, shocked to see, you know, you know Ron Williams play this, this role. You know, we've often, you know, and that's where... where where these comedians, that's where these actors, that they could play, you know, he could play, he could play any role. You know, a lot of these actors get typecast. He's a comedian. You know what? Robin Williams was comedian. He gave you, he, he was just, he gave you every emotion he had. Robin Williams played a dark character, uh, you know, a, a villain, a hero. He played, he played, you know, every, every everything, you know, um, Father's Day was another good movie with him. Uh, so so many so many good movies. Uh, it, it just you know. And then another thing we should touch on too, his 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 just his his will to give back. Comic relief was one of oh, these. Oh yeah. Movies. You know, comic relief was was so big. You know, um, with him, Whoopi Goldberg, Billy Crystal. The three of them on stage, the three of them doing funny stuff and doing the voices. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that. That's that was so important to you know, not just furthering his career, but such an important thing he did. Thank you for uh, for bringing that up. No problem, no problem. That was part. That was part of my growing up. You know how many hours I sat there and watched and laughed with with, with him. And you know it's another thing. Him and I share a similar. Um, him and I share a similar thing that happened to us. Uh, I had a valve. I had a valve replacement, and so did he. He had a. Uh, I believe his was pig. I think his. I think his was pig, and uh, mine is metal. And I believe the year. I think the year was like 2010 when he had the HBO special. It was so funny. You know, because I just get, came out of surgery. He came out of surgery, and I'm glad. I'm actually glad my surgery was was I was healed up that I could actually laugh. You know, when I actually got to see him perform his, you know, his his um his stand up, and and uh, you know to to know that you know here's a guy who had heart trouble, and like me, and he had a bad valve, and the, and his valve got fixed, you know. And then the other thing that he had could, obviously couldn't be fixed, you know. And and it just you know it, it just makes you think. And and I'm and I'm grateful. Like you know, I'm not a Netflix person. I don't have Netflix, but I have Epics and I have HBO and all these other things. And now I'm starting to see that Epics is putting um, 
for the Robin Williams movie. So last night I got to watch Popeye. I haven't seen that movie um, in a while, and I got to to watch that again and relive my childhood. Well, you know, Mike, thank you for your personal story. It seems like so many people, you know, can forge a connection like that. But you know, it's, it's touching to hear your your personal connection to Robin Williams too. Yeah, thank you, you know, so much. Someone asked me my someone asked me my favorite movie. Um, and then my mom said something to me the other day, which was, was shocking, too. I forgot that they, they planned to do this. They had, he had four movies that's coming out. One of the movies that was supposed to be coming out was Mrs. Doubtfire 2. And obviously, they're not going to make it, but, you know, because he was Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, that movie was my absolute favorite movie of his. That was a great movie. You know, again, we can go on and on. I mean, there's so many great movies. And like I said, you know, it's just you found yourself enjoying him, and and he was just so incredibly talented. Mike, thanks so much for the call. Uh, Thanks for sharing your own personal stories. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk to you next time. Hopefully next show will be a little happier. But, again, thank you for calling in and and sharing your, your memories and your thoughts on Robin Williams. Hey, no problem, and I'll talk to you guys soon and uh we'll we'll get the next yeah the next time we'll be talking we're gearing up for the te- television we'll be going into the television stuff and more movies and we'll be we'll be hitting it from all angles and uh thank you guys for for giving your time tonight to talk about it and i'll talk to you guys soon thank you i'm good thanks mike take, take it easy you know, it's funny, as, as we're relaying, like, movies, and, and, and let's, like, you know, we try and get a little bit more lighthearted, and, and I got to say, as I'm, I'm, you know, I have up on the computer, I got his filmography, and I do remember, you know, I hate to fly. I absolutely hate to fly. And I had to fly. And so it was my first experience with Tanix. I, I just, I needed something because I really hate flying. And turned out that that flight, Old Dogs was was the in-flight movie with Robin Williams and John Travolta. Yeah. And I'm not 100% sure of, of the, the quality of that movie. Maybe the criticism is fair, but for me, Xanax. on a plane, Xanax one helped. screwdriver and Xanax, it was the funniest movie I had ever seen. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So uh, thank you, Robin, for that as well. Uh, as we try to switch gears, you know, and again, Todd, man, we, we do the show, we talk entertainment. It's, it's, it's tough, like, coming to this show. And, you know, for us, I mean, Todd and I, as he said, he knows how much Robin Williams means to me, and, and we've been fans forever. Um, but on, on a very, very, I mean, we try to entertain you guys, and we come out here, we try to do a good show, but on a very, very selfish level. Um, this is when me and Todd get to hang out. Right. Uh, and, you know, it, it's been a while. Like, how, how's your summer been? Well, you know, it's uh, it's been a great summer, you know, discounting what we've been through this week, and, and of course, everyone has you know their moments. But we've had a we've had a great summer. I I've done a lot of stuff uh, with my family. With you know, I promised actually my kids to give them a shout out today. My uh, my daughter Haley and my two sons Josh and Matthew. And uh, Josh and Matthew came with me today. I finally made it to a movie theater. Ken, can you believe it? Bravo. <laughs> I finally got to the movies for the first time this summer, but um, I had been promising my kids that we would go see Guardians of the Galaxy. And, uh, you know, it, it's a testament to the 
the hype that they've done for this movie. First of all, that my kids were so anxious to see it. And second of all, how well that damn movie did because it blew away everyone's expectations. I had high expectations, and it met them completely. It was action-packed, funny, entertaining uh, on every level. We, we all really loved that movie. And uh, I've got to say it one more time, funny as hell. I have not gotten a chance to see that yet. I've, gotten, I've done a good job this summer at trying to hit as many blockbusters. So I've gotten to Godzilla. I've gotten to X-Men. I finally got the new Planet of the Apes, um, which, by the way, I absolutely loved. I mean, the, the, the reimagining of Planet of the Apes is just phenomenal. This, this last movie was just, it was unbelievable. It's, you know, count all of the movies. It was one of the best Planet of the Apes movies ever made. So, uh. It's been a good summer movie season. I'm really looking forward to seeing Guardians of the Galaxy. I got to get out there and see it. Um, it's funny because as the summer was, you know, coming into the summer, I, I kind of was was had high expectations for Hercules. Um, seeing how that's playing out, I might just wait for the DVD or the right. Netflix streaming to see that one. But uh, interesting enough, when, when we look at like wrestlers turned actors, Batista. Reigning supreme over The Rock in the summer of 2014 as far as the movie battle goes. Good call. And you know what? He did a good job. Uh, and, and one of the other, I mean, a very deadpan way, but one of the funnier elements of the movie, believe it or not. I'm looking forward to seeing this. I guess it's been an interesting summer for me because, uh, you know, I, I, I do some performing. I have some bands and stuff. And uh, I do a little band called Dirty Martini where we do, like, classic, like, Sinatra stuff and, and, and you know, Rat Packy type stuff. And we're going to put together another show. And I, I was trying to think of things I can, I can do to enrich the genre, to, to pay homage to the genre. And uh, I got to give a shout-out to Stacey Roth, who is uh, very, very patient with me tonight. But uh, in, in, in true tribute... So Robin Williams, because I had a lot to do tonight, and, and Stacy told me she was teaching tap, tap dance class, and I've never taken tap before, and I was like, this would be cool to add a dirty martini, but I was like, I'm busy, and I'm like, and, and I know, like, looking back on it, I was making excuses, because I just didn't want to embarrass myself, and so, again, I was like, you know what, Robin Williams was, was one of those performers that was constantly coming out of his comfort zone, and if nothing else inspires us to come out of our comfort zone, and, and I just thought, you know what, I, I got to do it. This is something I have to go and do. I've never done it before, but I'm going to go and, and attempt to learn how to tap dance, and Stacy was a great teacher, and, and I've known Stacy for quite some time. Yep. I, was, I was actually the first show I ever did, Bye Bye Birdie. Stacy played my wife, uh, so I've known Stacy for a while. I would love to sit here and say to everybody that I am a natural tap dancer. I, I am not <laughs> even close. Stacy was very kind, um, so it's going to take a little bit of work uh, to get the old step ball change working the way it should. But uh, yeah, so I, I took my first. So it's been an interesting summer learning, uh, jumping into tap dancing and. Uh, trying to figure that whole thing out and uh, had some gigs with the other band. and uh, But th the biggest thing I think I've been doing this summer is the old binge watching. Oh, yeah. As uh, we've gotten the, the Netflix streaming and, uh, you know, checking out stuff there. And, and you know, it's funny how, like, the media buzz on things can get you. And 
in all honesty, no desire when I first heard about it to catch Orange is the New Black. Uh-huh. Um, but there was a buzz, and then you hear it's based on a true story um, or based on someone's memoirs. Um, and so I was like, ah, let's give it a chance. And once I'm, I'm just hooked. It's a, it's a great character study. Uh, lots of interesting characters in it. Um, Piper, the, the lead, is, is she grounds the whole series. She is. Uh, it was, it's interesting to watch her character develop because she is someone that reminds us of of us, the person that's maybe not a career criminal, but somebody who wound up making a mistake and now is is paying for it and watching her evolve from kind of someone who's a fish out of water to uh, kind of being the shark, so to speak. Um, I just I can't get enough of the show. Uh, after maybe, I don't even know if it's a month ago, started watching it. I got four episodes left in season two. So I'll finish it. So total, there's 26 episodes. Seasons one and two, 13 apiece. I'm four episodes away from finishing. So when I haven't been, like, performing or tap dancing... I have been watching Orange is the New Black. Well, when I haven't been traveling with the fam, geocaching, don't even get me started. We'll have to talk about this. But we, my family, uh, my sons and I, and my daughters, she calls it treasure hunting. We started doing that this summer. Uh, I recently took my boys to the Baseball and Basketball Halls of Fame. Uh, some culture, some sports, some fun, a guy's bonding trip. But I'm with you. When we haven't been doing that... It's been TV, and you know, for me, I've done some binge watching. Uh, it was older. We uh, we're still, you know, maybe eight or so episodes away from the end of Modern Family, the last season. But I've actually watched a bunch of stuff with my family, uh, specifically with the kids, and it's not something that's easy to do. Uh, we've been watching some uh, some improv. Whose line is it anyway? Hollywood Game Night. Um, but I also uh, introduced, and I, I've mentioned this on the show before, uh, my older one to Drunk History, which is, again, the funniest educational show that's ever been made. Uh, you know, you really learn a lot, but it's uh, funny as hell. Uh, my wife and I have watched Under the Dome. It's, it's just introducing, it, it's worse than Lost, as far as introducing <laughs> questions and no answers. And yet, Monday night, you know, we sit down, we're like, what should we put on? And we both just immediately say, we've got to watch it. It's got us hooked. I didn't even know if we'd get out to season two. Got to watch it. Masters of Sex, one of my favorite shows on the air. And, and uh, shout out to uh, Lizzie Kaplan for her Emmy nomination. Uh, you know, best actress uh, for, for Masters of Sex. Um, what about you, Ken? Any other any new shows that you're watching this summer? No, I mean, it's funny because, like, I, I got, like, my, my DVR is filled with stuff because I've just been watching Orange is the New Black. Um, I really want to give House of Cards a shot, too, because uh, I love Kevin Spacey. Haven't had a, a chance to watch that. Um, I've given Leftovers a chance. I, I've gotten only two episodes in, again, because of Orange is the New Black. I like it. I like it a lot so far. For those of you who don't know Leftovers, it's... um. Now, it's funny because it's got the potential to get a little losty and piss me off, but it's about like 2% of the world's population disappears out of nowhere. They're just gone, and there's no explanation. Now, I'm, I'm kind of hoping the series stays where it is because we've gotten no explanation, and there's no like investigation going on. There's no 
hey, how are we going to figure this out? There's no, it's literally about the people that were left. It's about how our society would deal with something like that. And I find it very intriguing because we've all heard different biblical stories and, and things like that. And, and the open of the show um, shows like a, a painting on, on the uh, ceiling of a church depicting uh, the people disappearing and, and almost like ascending uh, to heaven. So it, it's, it's, you know, that concept of what if something that is described in the Bible or in folklore uh, were to actually happen in modern-day society, and how would we attempt to deal with it? So I, I'm really intrigued with it. I enjoyed the first two episodes. I'm definitely going to give it a chance. Once, I mean, game on. Once these next four episodes of Orange is the New Black is done, I, I gotta, I'm going to jump in headlong into, into binge-watching uh, shows I've missed. The one show that I will say has been very disappointing and I got two episodes on the DVR to catch up with right now. Final season of True Blood. Not, not capital N, capital O, capital T. Not delivering. This thing is limping to the finish. I will stick with it just to see the resolution. I am hoping to God that Sookie Stackhouse dies at some point. Oh, man. That will give <laughs> me some satisfaction because I can't stand her character, but I just think that the final season has left me kind of flat. Again, shows I've caught, but behind. Love Ray Donovan. Enjoyed this this season and the, and the start of this season. Uh, got a couple episodes to catch up with there. Um, but that's a show like not a lot of people I know actually watch it. And I, it's a very, very good show. Uh, you mentioned that one. I, I don't watch it. Um, I know I've mentioned Orphan Black, which a lot of, pe- a lot of people have heard of, let alone watch. Uh, that that season ended a little earlier. I think we just finished Marin with Mark Marin, which is one of my favorites. Uh, to me, in the vein of Louie, very dark humor. And that's a binge watch. My wife and I kind of uh, take those, that a few episodes at a time, and we're, uh, we just finished the last episode of the season. Uh, this week, we finally finished that one. Um, but, you know, I, I've mentioned my tremendous, my favorite app, TV Show Tracker, on my phone. I've got myself from the beginning of the summer upwards of 60 episodes of TV to watch down to 11. I'm very proud of myself. Uh, I'm sure that 8 to 10 of those 11 are, are modern families, so I give myself a pass. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty caught up. I'm looking forward to the new season. But, uh, you know, other than what's coming on on a, a weekly basis now, um, Last Comic Standing is about to wrap up. I've been watching that with the fam. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty well on the TV front, uh, trying to catch up on some movies. Unfortunately, not getting out to the movies as much as I'd like to. Uh, but, you know, enjoying the uh, entertainment out there this summer as much as I can. Is there something wrong with us? Yes. Is there like us? Yes. I mean, like, do, do you get that satisfaction when, like, when you have, like, a good binge-watching session? And, like, you can't, and it's like, you honestly, like, somehow... And for those of you who do it out there, because I, and I, I bet you're going to agree with me, somehow you, you, your brain and you trick yourself into thinking you, you worked on something. Right. That, I, that you, you accomplished something. No, I accomplished sitting on my ass right. on the couch watching TV. But when you binge watch, like, oh, job well done. Good, good night's work. That's exactly what I was thinking when you started saying that. The, the word accomplishment. <laughs> I have just done something. 
Go me. Exactly. Good job. We've done nothing. Oh, man. It is. I feel like such a – and I know now where I've been since, since uh, you know, I, I have so many shows now that, you know, I'm, I'm literally like four and five episodes behind in some shows that, you know, when I get through those, it's going to be like, all right, that's a good day. It's a good day. I uh, got a Saturday free. All right. You know what? Those weeds will be there. You know, we don't need to. We don't need to clean the pool. We don't need to clean anything. We can. I can. I can wear that shirt a third right. time. No laundry. Need, we will get. We will get through this show. And it just. It, it, somehow it's like it's weird. The whole philosophy of binge watching has has tricked us into thinking that we're working on something. Listen, on the subject of binge watching, how about this? FX or is it FXX or is it FXXX? Is about to run the entire run of The Simpsons. 400, 500, I don't know how many episodes they're going to just run consecutively the entire run of The Simpsons. That's a hell of a binge watch. If you could get through that, yeah, I know you've got to sleep and eat, but, you know, screw that. Watch The Simpsons. And and that leads me to something else, Ken. I don't know if you uh, kept up with what came out of Comic-Con this year, but one of my favorite things that I saw was a five-minute clip of a crossover episode between Family Guy and The Simpsons. I did see that, and that, that just looks, uh, I mean, geez, one of those things where, you know, you, you dream of. You, you dream of seeing something like that, and it, uh, you know, Peter Griffin and, and Homer Simpson getting together, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be cool. And, and, you know, The Simpsons, I mean, look, it just, their run, and, and I, I think sometimes, you know, their, their run, uh, doesn't get enough love as far as historical context, but it, it, it's pretty incredible, you know, and it's still, I don't watch it, I'll be the first minute, I don't watch it like on a regular basis, but you know what, if I happen to be home and sit down and it's on, I'll watch it, I'll still laugh, I still love Homer, uh, they, they've created a beloved family that you just, and it's animated so they can throw them into a whole bunch of different situations and, and just, you kind of love seeing how the family is going to react in these situations. I've, I've got to say, I, I do watch uh, both of those shows, and I've said on this show before, there's one smack in between called Bob's Burgers that, again, people don't watch, and I've got to now give my props. Bob's Burgers and Archer were both nominated for Emmy Awards in the uh, animated series category. Family Guy and The Simpsons were not. Not that I don't think they're good, but my man John Benjamin and his two leading characters, and John Benjamin should have been nominated too. I know that a guy doing a voiceover in an in a animated show is not really in a lead for an Emmy nomination, but he's tremendous, and I love Bob's Burgers uh, and, and Archer, so I've got to give my props there. But this, this crossover looks hilarious. They're doing it in, I think, a very smart way and uh, in a very funny way. I can't you, wait. You need, you need to get, get paid. You, you are just the man like championing the cause of, of Bob's Burgers. Like, and he's... People need to know. You need people need to recognize that you you are out there on the air promoting this show left and right. And again, I've I've seen like a couple episodes. I haven't really watched it regularly. I I, I found them entertaining, but uh, you you just dig that show, and it's and now it Emmy nominations. So uh, I dig the show. In this clip of the crossover, they diss Bob's Burgers yeah. directly. <laughs> However, Entertainment Weekly just put Tina, the one, the older daughter, as one of their 25 most interesting characters on television, Emmy nominations, and and hilarious. So watch Bob's Burgers. Don't tune out Fox just because the just because Family <laughs> Guy hasn't started yet. Go ahead, stay tuned, and and you'll enjoy it. 
Let's go back out to the phone. Zero seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We got about a half hour left, and we got Dank on the line. Dank, are you there? I am here, gentlemen. How are you doing tonight? We are doing great. Uh, before we get into, like, and I, you know, we got so much to talk about. Um, thank you uh, for what you wrote uh, today and posted on uh, the Pop Life page. Uh, Absolutely, it was just a great. Uh, Synopsis, letter, blog, um, if you will, on a Robin Williams, and it's just you know when I saw it, it was just like I, I couldn't have said that better. So uh, thanks for writing it, thanks for working on it, and uh, take it away. What do you got for us tonight? Um, well, it's actually, um, yeah, like you said, there's so much to talk about, especially with the summer movies. I just went to see Ninja Turtles. I'm glad that I had free tickets to go see it, and it was so bad I ended up getting two more free tickets, so I didn't waste any money on that movie. Um, Guardian of the Galaxy was everything I expected, and then a little bit more as well, which made me really happy. Um, Lucy was very interesting, very... Um, and, and it's funny because the message that Lucy, the movie Lucy has... And Robin Williams kind of go hand in hand, and this is how. Both have this um, message of if you are good at something, if you have knowledge about something, don't keep it to yourself. Find a way to share it with the world. Don't keep it bottled inside. And to me and... I'm not one that really gets moved by celebrity passings, especially celebrities that I have never met. But, um, and I'm about to get a little bit on the somber side and the sad side, and I do apologize in, ahead of time. Um, Robin Williams was, and in my heart always will be, one of my biggest influences and reasons why I wanted and I am pursuing a career in the movie industry, whether it be front of the camera, behind the camera, post-production, pre-production, whatever the case may be. He, from the start, the first movie, like I, like I wrote in my letter to him, the first movie I saw him in was Peter Pan. And honestly, I had never heard of who Robin Williams was before. I saw it in French. Um, I was, I want to say, like 11 years old, or even maybe younger than that. I was living in Europe. And here is this man that up until I saw this movie, Peter Pan to me was a boy, but here's a man portraying Peter Pan. And ultimately, like, immediately it hit me. It was like... It's okay, you know, to grow old, but you don't have to be old. You, and, and back then, it didn't really make sense. But as, you know, time went by, I got it. Like, I understood it. You know, just because you get, you know, higher in your age, in, you know, number-wise, mentally does not mean that you have to get old, you know, obviously, yeah, you have your priorities and you have, you know, bills and everything else, but, you know, just always keep that open mind and having that open mind helps you just stay young, stay fresh. And from then on out, it just seemed that most of the movies 
that I watched with Robin, you know, not counting maybe Flubber or, you know, a couple of other movies, but there was always this, like, this hidden message that if you really paid attention to whenever he had a monologue, whenever, you know, even just, like, the way that he acted, you could pick up on, and it's like, oh, this is what he's trying to portray. This is what he's trying to say. You know, the whole... Um, you know, when he, uh, Good Will Hunting at the end of the, at the, end of the, line, the movie when he, he's reading the note from Matt Damon which says I had to go see something about a girl you know it's like never stop pursuing something always always you know go for it never give up Mrs. Doubtfire where you 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 are so you, you could say go insane because you love your kids so much that you will do something that nobody would ever think of just to be close to your kids. You know, it's like he is one of the reasons, and it's, it's really sad that he showed us a million and one voices, and we let us hear a million and one of his voices. But that one voice that needed to be heard never came out. And unfortunately, that's the one that needed to come out. And the world will be deprived of a comedic genius, of, of somebody that, again, um, will, you know, pass before his time. And, and to me, it breaks my heart because it's one of those, you know, could have there been anything that anybody could have done and picked up on that, would have noticed that, you know, maybe he's not okay, that behind the smile goes the pain, and, you know, it leads to your everyday life where you see people smiling all the time, and it makes you wonder, is it really a smile about what's going on behind that smile? But anyway, um, a, 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 the, the cinematic world and the world itself lost a genuinely great person, a loving person. You start to hear all these stories about him coming out of what he did and how he changed people's lives and touched people's lives. And it's one of those you wish there were more people like him that don't do it for the media. They don't do it for the public eye. They do it because they want to do it. Because maybe they not only feel better about themselves, but it's one of those pay it forward. Maybe somebody at some point in his life took that extra time to listen to him and make him smile and, you know, instead of telling him no, told him yes. And that made all the change and all the difference in the world. Yep. But I mean, that's my rant. To... That's Tom? It's just, it, you know, it's, it's a different... Are you in a... Are you in a... Are you in a... Are you in a... Am I aware? Hey, you sounded like you were in a rocket ship all of a sudden. It sounded like, or a wind tunnel. Oh, no, sorry. Um, That's okay. I'm You're in the car. Now. I'm driving. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm driving. I had you on speaker. I think the air conditioning was getting into the car. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say put the roof up. <laughs> but, um, you, know, it's fun. It's, you know, I mean, Robin Williams was, you know, I, I mean, I think if there's nothing else, and, and you know, it's, and we, we just, Everybody's friend. You know, it was it was it was a passing that hit a lot of people harder than your typical, 
celebrity death. And I know for us here, it, it hit us pretty hard on Facebook. And I think it's something, you know, if, if in his passing, if he teaches us nothing, uh, uh, um, and I'm paraphrasing, I know nothing about. And and just, you know, as we know that and, and, and keep that in mind when you meet people, I mean, just just be better to each other. Just, you know, look out for each other because you just, you never know what someone else is going through. And they, they may be smiling and, happy, you know, a lover of life on the outside and, and maybe We probably didn't show any signs, um, and it's just it's just tragic. And and, and unfortunately, that is true. And um, you know, depression is one of those things that is very hard to diagnose, and a lot of people are afraid of saying what's really going on for the simple fact that they're afraid of being ridiculed and being told that maybe, you know, oh, you just want attention or, you know, you just want, you know, the, the, you know, to be recognized for whatever reason. But then there are those that really truly need the help, but either are afraid to get it or don't know where to get it or, you know, there's so many different reasons and, and it's hard. And not only is it hard on the people that have it, it's also hard on the people that are around them because it's like the, you're there and you want to help them and, and you can't and you feel so, like, not useless but helpless. There's the word. You feel helpless and then you get those thoughts when things like this happen. It's like what happens if I walk in and I that's what I walk into? You know, like depression is such a hard, you know, disease. It's such a hard thing to not even bottle up, but to work on that, you know, there's so much work that needs to be done for it. And unfortunately, until that happens, people that deserve to live and should live, I mean, everybody deserves to live and should live, but, you know, people like Robin Williams will be the collateral damage. Again, well said, Dank. You know, uh, you know, we, we, we've, we've, brought the show down a little bit again that's okay because this is such an important topic um and such a tragic loss i i do uh, i'm going to try to bring us up again because you said something before and you left me hanging you you said you saw lucy you said it was interesting and i respect your uh i want to know what you thought of them just i respect your opinion just because you said uh you loved guardians of the galaxy and not ninja turtles so just right there uh I, I'm curious what, you what did you think of the movie Oh, which one, Lucy? Lucy. Um, I like the message. Okay, first, first and foremost, the message is the one thing that I like the most. Um, I'm going to go ahead right now and say spoiler alert, so if anybody's listening that has not seen it that would like to see it, maybe just turn away. But <laughs> the, <laughs> the ending of when she turns into this galactic-looking... USB connector kind of made me go, what? Like, 
I understand the metaphor that, you know, usually you have, you store data on it and therefore it's knowledge. But there was a, there were a, like quite a few scenes in the movie itself that I was kind of like, this is really pointless. Like they could have done something completely different. Um, for example, when she is in the hospital and she calls her mom to describe to her mother what she's feeling I'm like, what is the point of this phone call? You never see the mother. She never talks about the mother before or after that. It was completely pointless, and they could have done something different with it, but decided to go with that. I mean, I'm sure that they had a very good reason for it, but as a moviegoer, I did not get the meaning, you know, of why they did it that way. All right. There you have it. Uh, you know, I, it looked interesting, but uh, you know, we'll see. That'll be one. Not that I get to the movies anyway, but uh, that'll be one I'll, I'll catch on cable. I'll, I'll keep your warnings in mind. Thank you, Dan. Thanks. Thanks so much for the call and, and, and your stuff on, on Robin Williams. Very eloquently spoken. Again, thank you so much for uh, the writings you, you posted. And, uh, you know, hopefully next show will be a lot happier, and we, we'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on more movies and the entertainment industry. Again, thanks for your support and your phone call. Thank you, guys. You have a wonderful night. You, you too, too. Take it easy. Bye. Interesting chap, that Dank. I thought I yeah. he was taking off for a moment. He lives in Florida, so like, well, maybe he boarded the space shuttle. Also, like, <laughs> is there something wrong? What do you mean? <laughs> So as you know, the show and, and we got about ten minutes left, and uh, you know, a tough show for us yeah. uh, trying to kind of go back and forth and have some fun. And, and in all honesty, I know it's cliche, but I, I bet that's what Robin would want. You know, we we, we tried to have some fun tonight and uh, hit some other entertainment uh, avenues aside from paying tribute to those who we've lost. We've spoken a few times and teased that we're going to give you our thoughts on, on summers of music. Since it is the summertime, uh, and, and we were thinking, you know, what are those, those songs that, that you love, or those, those summers of music uh, that you really enjoyed, songs that were just attached to Don't actually discuss music too often here. Probably because most music sucks now. That's it. Um, but since we're going into yesteryear, let's let's talk a little bit about big listeners of today's music. We're going to talk about years past. Although I did try to think to myself, what are those songs of the summer of the past few years? And I actually got a few of the past few years. I had to go online and check. Am I really going year by year? But I I hit a few. I'm talking about Blurred Lines last year, Inescapable, Call Me Maybe, I Love the Party Rock Anthem from the year before, huh. uh, you know, I Got a Feeling was a couple of years before that, but, yeah. you know, I think that we're just chocolate and my summer were such important moments in my life, let's say. And uh, I, I'm going to throw one out right now. It was 
great summer for me uh, in, in a lot of ways, friends and, and camp and hanging out and, and maybe the occasional slow dance and all this great stuff. And there were some songs. I mean, I certainly remember slow dancing to uh, Heaven by Brian Adams. You know, that, that one was uh, outstanding. And if you're out there listening, you know who you are. <laughs> I won't say the name, but, man, I still uh, of 85, Shout by Tears for Fears. Oh, my God. I mean, that song maybe was the one that dominated the summer for me. Set up uh, Groove, Madonna, of course. That, that was, you have uh, quite a number of those songs tied to movies. Right. So it was, it was really like songs that took over the, the pop culture realm uh, for wow. that 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 summer, in, in you know, in in different media uh, avenues, and the fact that you know we didn't have the internet, there wasn't as many things out there. So for a song to be, you know, in the top ten of the summer and in a big time movie, definitely hit you hard and influenced you uh, for that summer. And that the '85 summer is just incredible. Power of Love from a Back to the Future, View to a Kill from a View to yep. a Kill. Uh, St. Elmo's Fire from St. Elmo's Fire. Fire. I mean, you have like Into the Groove from, uh, was it Vision Quest? No, Into the Groove, wasn't that uh, Desperately Seeking Susan? Desperately Seeking, thank you, Desperately Seeking Susan. Wow. Yeah. Let's hear some more. No. <laughs> it's funny though, man, because, you know, it's, as we're calling up like these summers, and, and there's, you know, it's funny because you look at your formative years. And you say, oh, yeah, you know, I was in high school here, or my freshman year in high school. But, man, you know, I, one of the songs that strikes me, 1989, yeah. as, as we're going, and again, that whole, like, different avenues of media, going into our senior year. Yes. I, I, I was about three years old. The new movie's coming out with, with Michael Keaton. My favorite artist is doing that dance. World colliding for Keaton. It, it was unbelievable. It was just like a senior. For that was that's pretty amazing. But it's funny because as I started, as we were getting out of high school, now keeping in mind that I really Number one song for 89, right here waiting. Toy Soldiers, number two, Cold Hearted. Things started going downhill as far as music. And when we graduated high school, Glenn Medeiros featuring Bobby uh, If Wishes Came True. Oh, that's a class. <laughs> Rub You the Right Way. Gill and rounding out Skinny Bop by Poison. Uh, listen, yeah, music, uh, music might have been a tough year for us. Yeah, you know, we're we're children of the '80s, and when you look back, sometimes the music is not great uh, from a, a music standpoint. But to us, it was bomb. It was it was mint. It was dope. <laughs> uh, you know, it was it was tremendous and. Then we moved on, and maybe as 1990-91 rolled around, we started discovering music from another era. Uh, but 
something came around for me, and maybe it was the type of music, maybe it was where I was in my life. Again, and a lot. This is where we were. I seniors. This was my becoming an adult type of year. And, and I looked at it again as as we're talking. This one was not about movies. This one was about uh, Green Day and Soundgarden and Stone Temple Pilots and Alanis Morissette and the Blowfish and Pearl Jam. Uh, Paul's soundtrack was a big one for us that year. Runaround, Blues Traveler. Um, let's see, Breakfast at Tiffany's. I love that song. Of course, You Want to Know by Alanis. Um, some Hootie stuff, Scream. Michael and Janet finally doing a, a duet. It's a good tune. Uh, uh, Delamitri, I love. Uh, I Alone. It, it, so many songs to find that summer for me. And I could go on and on with that one. I mean, that, that's like, you know, it, it's one of those things where, like, you know, those those few years that, like, I was mentioning where, uh, you know, things kind of were getting a little bit cheesy in the, the really late 80s. It was like, it was like the 80s kind of threw up. Cleaning up the yak. It was like the grunge. It's just a hell of an analogy there. <laughs> but, you know, it's just... It was it was just one of those things. Like, yeah, music definitely... I mean, you turned on, like, pop music. That was just, you know, that moment that I... Now, in today's uh, music is the fact that, you know, back then you could hear those songs. Like, now it's like pop its own genre. Turn on pop radio and hear Pearl Jam and hear Nirvana and hear Soundgarden and, and all those bands were on pop music stations. And that... You know, it was okay to hear uh, Blues Traveler and, and Michael Jackson in the same place. Or, uh, you know, Breakfast at Tiffany's right next to uh, something like Pearl Jam. It all worked. It was all good music, and it wasn't so uh, so fractured as it is right now. You see, and that's, that's really what I miss in, in today's music. And even going back to the 80s, you know, that you could easily hear... Quiet Riot, Michael Jackson, Prince, Madonna, Run DMC, Whitney Houston, like back to back. I mean, there was no, you know, oh, this is rock. Like, so it would satisfy because, you know, we grew up and it's funny because I feel like even fans now, younger fans, uh, kind of decompartmentalize their music fandom. Whereas we kind of grew up being fans of a lot of different genres of music because if you just listen to, quote, pop music stations, you heard a little bit of everything. Right. And, and and you really don't get that now. You just hear, you know, pop. Like, pop stands for popular. Right, it should. You know, that's, that's what pop is. But pop music has kind of become its own genre in a way. Right. Yeah, you've got to know where to tune in to find what you like. Uh, Light FM covers a lot, but it's not going to cover anything heavy. Whereas our, uh, you know... Top hit station doesn't cover anything too rocking. You know, it's it's more R and B based. And then you've got the rock station that doesn't cover anything from now. Or if it does, it doesn't cover anything that's you know a little more R and B hip hop. It's all over the place. Uh, I loved it was WPLJ. It was Z100 when we were growing up, and uh, 
maybe that's why 85 strikes such a chord for me. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a great time. I, you know, but like now that we're talking about it, I, I, I'm thinking back to the 90s. Do you, do you still have your VHS? I pop on like a, a, you know, it's sad now because WCBS punk right. suddenly pop on WCBS FM and just drive around the county recording things. That's such a ball with that. And, you know, the soundtracks of those summers – uh, you know, really were. We went to high school together, not college. It was all about the summers for us back then. And the sound making our TV shows and movies will always stick in my mind. And those, I mean, you know, those are the good old days. We bring them together to try and purpose there. Where nowadays it's just so easy. People can edit stuff on their phone. <laughs> they didn't much for TV, man. You, you really were. You just, Ooh, there's a spare VCR here. I will take that and wire that to this and this. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. So you have it. The best of summaries. I gave you a little bit of that. You know, um, tough show tonight. Tough yeah. show tonight, but I, I think we did a nice job. Thank you, our, our callers. Dank especially. Thank you for uh, the, the well-written thing you put on our uh, our Facebook page. Uh, anyone out whether it be Robin Williams or movies or music, go over to our Facebook page at TKRS Presents Pop Life because we'd love to hear from anyone who we didn't that, you know, let Subjects. Yeah, you know, if it's worthwhile. Facebook, and like us, uh, yeah, again, tough show. Rest in peace, Lauren Bacall and Robin Williams. Um, thank you so much for everyone who continues to support the show. We'll see you next everybody.